With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Question for you, mate. Now, I, I sat back, obviously. I, I enjoyed the incredible win last week. Now, DCE, he's such an interesting character to me because we all know he's the elite of the elite halfback. You know, he's yep. always competing. Yes, Manly haven't had a good run over the you know last, I guess, five to six years, but they've always been competitive, made it to, I think, prelim is the f- furthest they've made it. He's won a premiership. He's been in a grand final. And, you know, with DCE, I really feel like after 2020 – that was, in my opinion, that was Munster's moment. He he owned the moment and stamped his authority and also his legacy in the Origin Arena. Whereas I really feel after 2022, DCE finally has his own legacy in Origin. And I, and what I mean by that is no disrespect to DCE at all. As I said, huge fan of him um, and everything he's achieved. But I really do feel that that for the for the years after yourself, Billy and Cooper retired that that squad was really in your shadow trying to find its own identity. And I think that in 2022, DCE said, this is my legacy. This is what I'll be remembered for. And he, I think he, I think he stamped his origin legacy for the, for the rest of the time. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, Kempi. I agree with you. And I, and I think particularly in game three, I think he knew the responsibility was on his shoulders. Mm. Um, not, not, not wholly and solely. Let, let's not just say that, you know, he, he felt or any pressure was put on daily in game three to say, mate, you need to get this team home. But I think when Cam Munster went down um, on, on the Friday, was it the Friday? Yeah. On the Friday um, leading into origin three, I, I, I really seen a, a shift in, in Daly's focus and preparation. I, I think that's when he realized like, Listen, I, I need I need the biggest game of my Origin career mm. this um, this game, and and he come up he come up with an absolute perler in game three. It, it was it was I think looking back on you know his performances over his career that's that's spanned over nearly you know a decade. Um, you know he represented Queensland way back in uh, thirteen or thirteen I think it was when he first played. Um, so it's been nearly you know ten years um, that that Daly's been involved at that level. But I, I haven't seen such a dominant or, or maybe a mature performance as, as what he put in in Game Three, like his kicking game, wow. and, and he didn't try to he didn't try to overplay things as mm. well. Like he just did what he was good at, mm. and, he, and he brought his strengths to that footy side. You know, he he organised um, the footy team. You know, he, his passing and his combinations with his edge players was fantastic. His kicking game really just it, it, it just put a nail in New South Wales coffin, particularly towards the end of the game. He um, he just kicked New South Wales to death, and that's what was needed. Mm. Like he didn't have to be the best player on the field. He didn't have to come up with any um, outstanding or you know just out of this world plays. He just needed to bring to the team what he's extremely good at, and that's organising 
um, connecting the middle players with the edge players, um, getting the footy out to those strike guys out on the edge and and kick well. Mm. And so that's, I think, with a performance like that, in, a, in particularly in the situation, as I mentioned, with you know Munster being out, a lot of the talk going saying, well, you know, their best player's gone, they're no chance. Um, this is New South Wales game. This is their series to win. And then he come up with a with a performance like that. I I, I think it it just cements his um, his um, legacy as a Queensland player in 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 that maroon jersey. And you got to think back, mate. Like you got to think back when he first started. Like he wasn't playing halfback. Like he wasn't he wasn't playing in the halves. He he was used as a utility, where he actually didn't know when he was going to get on the field. He didn't know what 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 position he'd be in or what role he'd play. There was some sort of yeah, like we we'd build with our preparation and say, hey mate, in this situation, this is where you might be used, or you know, in this situation, this is what we may need you to do. But it was just, it, it was all about him just being able to um, read a different situation and, and fill in that spot. So that was that was a little bit unfair with to him, mm. but he was good enough at the time to go in there and, and fill that role. Mm. But I but I agree with you. Like as he's come in now and taken over as the leader of this footy side, there's no doubt that game three was was his best. Oh, it was amazing. And I think one real standout thing for me was his ability to identify what the game needed. It is like to have enough of a field for the game in that second half to identify and go, you know what, I need to just start kicking early. I need to start kicking long. And we need to basically not even worry about any of the razzle-dazzle getting to the edges. Now, I'm not sure if that was a call from Billy that went down. But, mm-hmm. you know, if it was DC that was on the field, on the fly, identifying that, uh, that's an incredible moment in rugby league, in my opinion. So great stuff from DC. Uh, now on to another half. Uh, there's been a recent report uh, come out. Um, I forgot the person's uh, name. Apologies. But an uh, article was written saying that Mitchell Moses is not worth a million dollars. Uh, the timing's a bit rough. I mean, he was getting death threats a few weeks ago, uh, a few days oh, ago. But fair dinkum. Yeah, fair Jeez. dinkum. Fair dinky die, seriously. Uh, um, but anyway, I uh, just wanted to talk about that because I think that a lot of people don't, they don't understand the landscape of a salary cap and they don't understand the concept, uh, sorry, the context in which a lot of players are signed. Um, but first of all, I wanted to get your thoughts on that comment that Mitchell Moses is not worth a million dollars, Smithy. Yeah, but like, who decides though? It was like, Paul, it's not Paul the people... Crawley, sorry. It was Paul Crawley yeah. that uh, wrote that. Article. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's not these journalists that decide. They're not involved with the footy clubs. So who's to say, like, why is he not worth a million dollars? Like to Parramatta, he might be worth a million dollars. To the Melbourne Storm, he might be worth a million dollars. To to the West Tigers, he might be worth $1.3 million. Who knows? Like it's... At the end of the day, it's up to these, um, the, the football clubs. They decide on what a player's worth. Now, he may not be the best halfback in the game, but depending on a certain club's situation and their need for a halfback or a, a leader, a goal kicker, whatever it is, they may, they may just need that person to boost the profile of the club and, and to entice maybe some commercial opportunities to come in, mm-hmm. boost revenue at their club, maybe to boost membership, whatever it is. But if they need to pay someone a million dollars to maybe you know boost, as I said, the profile of their club, boost revenue, whatever it is, it may be just to help the football team and get the best out of the players that are currently there. Mm. And if they if they feel as though they need to to spend a million dollars to get that person there, then that's up to the club. Mm. That's up to the club. It's not the players' issue. If a club's willing to pay a million dollars, then that's what they're worth. Mm. It's like a house. 
yeah. if you put your house on the market and you you think it's worth eight hundred thousand, but someone says, oh, "I'll pay a million, well, then it's worth a million, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and vice versa. If you think it's worth one point five, but someone's only worth willing to pay eight hundred, well, it's worth eight hundred. Mm. That's the situation it's in. Yeah, no, no, mate, I, I totally agree. And, and just you know, face like the situation a lot of clubs find them in themselves in is that okay? Let's say you're the the, the Parry Eels. Right mm-hmm. now, you've got a, in my opinion, a premiership threat roster. Now, yes. you could you could play hardball with Mutramos, and I'm not saying that they should or shouldn't pay him a million dollars, but I'm 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 saying why they could find themselves in a position where they will pay a million dollars. Would you rather, as a Para Eels fan, then play hardball with Mitchell Moses and say, "Nah, you compared to say Cleary or whatever is only mm-hmm. worth seven fifty to eight hundred. Then they lose Mitchell Moses over a difference of two hundred thousand dollars, and let's say Para Eels go from a top four side all the way down to missing the eight. Yep. What would you rather as a para fan? Would you rather have them budged and said, let's keep Mitchell Moses and pay a little bit extra? Yes, he's probably, you know, on the in, in everything being fair, is he worth a million dollars? Hasn't won a premiership? Maybe not. But to us right now, for the club and the direction we need to go in, let's pay that little bit extra to stay in the top four. And that's the difficult choice clubs face is yep. that you just – it's not just about like, oh, okay, well, if Nathan Cleary's on a million dollars, then you're on $700. It's about what does that player <laughs> mean to this club and getting to where we need to go? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's entirely um, individual on an individual basis. Mm. Um, player by player, club by club, certain situations. And that's part of the negotiation process, isn't it? Mm. Is to really sit down and say, look, where, where can we both get to to make sure that you know, you're happy as a player and we're happy as a club and we can move forward on our on our quest to win a premiership. What's it going to take for you to stay? Um, and, and how much can we pay you for you that you'll be happy to, to, to play here and, and um and give your services to our footy club? And it's a difficult one. It's mm. it's it's a juggling act. And those that do it best, you know, those guys with, you know, great recruitment um systems in place, um, they got good list management. And they're able to balance um, the playing group, and, and and be able to put together a roster um, where they can manage the salary cap at the same time. They're usually the clubs that that succeed. Mm. And so you know, the last thing you want to do is go out and, and break the bank um, to, to to get an individual player. But at the same time, yeah, I'd like to think that players are understandable and say, listen, like if if I take huge money here, how will that affect the rest of my playing squad? Mm. Well, that well, that because surely, surely, you know, when you're playing this game, like you want to win a premiership, don't you? Like if you if you're playing rugby, if you're playing in the NRL, like you want to you want to win a premiership. So, the last time I looked, like no team has ever won a premiership fielding one player mm. or five players. You you need more than just you know your, your main man or even the seventeen that take the field each week. You need an entire group to get you through that are all on the same page, are all heading in the same direction to to, to work towards a premiership to be able to lift the trophy at the end of the year. Mm. No, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. A, a good example, I, I think, is like, you know, the Storm. So, for example, I think internally they probably do believe Cam Munster is worth a million dollars. I think, I mean, and I'm not... Um, you know, I'm not sure of that or I haven't been told anything like that, but I think internally they probably do believe, yeah, on the open market he is, but for us as a club, 
that is just not the value we can afford to pay him um, mm. right now. And so it's a, it's a kind of an example of the reverse where does anyone really believe that the Storm think that he's only worth 750 on the open market? Well, no, but to them and the system that they've got set up, that's mm-hmm. the value in which he, they want to you know, place him at. Um, now, we've had uh, a huge call from Tom Dravojevic come out. He said that oh, he... Turbo. Moved, turbo. Speaking of game changers, Turbo has come out and said that he may be fit for week two of the finals. If you're a captain of a club, Smithy, and you've got your absolute red-hopped superstar potentially ready for week two of the finals, are you planning to, I guess, not like planning to get there so that he's there, because obviously you are, you're, you're trying to win the grand final, but uh, is that a part of your planning, or are you saying, mate, let's let's try and prepare without Tom Dvojevic? <laughs> And just oh. move forward this year without him. What would you do in oh. that situation? Oh, mate, it's a difficult one, Kempi. That's a really difficult situation because you know the value that he adds to that footy side and the impact that he has on the footy team. Like, you know, that when he plays, they win more games than they lose. Mm. So let's just say let's just say Manly get themselves in a position at the end of this year where they finish, I don't know, let's just say they finish fifth or sixth. And I don't know, no one knows whether that's going to happen or not. There's a lot of footy to be played. But let's just say they get in that position. And so they got a shot at, um, you know, possibly winning the first week of finals and then going into second week of second week of finals. Now, if Tom Trebojevic is fit, I, you'd, have to, you'd have to consider playing him. Now, and I mean absolutely 100% raring to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting him in there if he's not 100%. Let's let's just let's just get that clear right now. If he's not 100%, sorry mate, like get ready for next year. Mm. But if he's 100% ready to go, geez, you'd have to consider putting putting him in. Oh mate, I don't you? you? Mate, like, would you? He's one of the handful of players that I would consider. Very very few players would I want to upset yep. the balance of a team that's got me yep. in the second week of the finals. Yeah. He's he's that guy. Well, just because he mates mate immediate impact. Mm. Such is the influence on 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 that footy side that he has. Look what Latrell's done at the Rabbitohs. Oh, mate, it's just it not just it not just you're not just bringing back one of the best players in the competition into your footy side. The confidence that he brings to the rest of his team members. That's what it, that's that's the huge part of him being included um, in that side if he's fit and ready to go. Now, the other thing they got to weigh up is say, look, what's the risk? If there's any risk at all, Kempi, if there's any risk at all of him going back in and possibly re-injuring himself. Now you can't rule out other injuries, mm. but if he was to go back in and re-injure that that um, the the pec that he's dealing with now, or the shoulder, like that's then it's just a line through his name straight away. Absolutely. Now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got my favourite segment with Schnitz. See you on the other side. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.